Welcome to Equity Granted, an executive chat where we help guide you, the senior level corporate executive of a publicly traded company, toward personal financial peace of mind. In the coming weeks, we'll walk you through financial parity planning when choosing career paths, pension decisions, general stock based compensation, planning for the special needs of a family member, and planning for the international expatriate executive. SFG's sister company is SFG Investment Advisors, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Our website is sfgadvisors.com, spelled S as in Sam, F as in Frank, G as in George, A-D-V-I-S-O-R-S.com. Welcome back to uh, the part two episode on the topic of executive women's wealth building through compensation paths and obstacles. And uh, we welcome uh, back Linda Steffen of M3X Analytics. So in our first episode, the first part of this episode, we did talk about the fact that saving can be very difficult for uh, most executives, apart from, um, you know, the, their stock-based compensation, that that the in our practice, the greatest wealth building really does come from an executive's long-term incentive. Uh, it's very difficult to save at a rate out of ongoing cash in order to build wealth quickly. And it doesn't matter um, what one's role, male or female, this is this is the case. So, Linda, this is, um, you know, part two of this episode. So most executives require significant long-term incentives. And in order to be granted meaningful equity from your employer, you, the listener, you need to climb the internal ladder or job hop or a combination of the two to reach the a top executive position. You provided a narrative on why so many women start the climb and so few finish at the top where they can build substantial wealth. You concluded with advice to proactively manage progress towards building wealth through compensation. So in this segment, I I would like to ask you to discuss some of the tactics to maximize compensation and wealth building during a women's ascension. So, Linda, as a woman advancing in her role within an organization, where do you see the greatest opportunity for compensation increases and wealth building? We we all know that with promotion and company changes, there are associated increases in annual pay opportunities, including pay salary, bonus, and equity grants. I have seen significant wealth building grants, such as sign-on grants for new hires and retention grants for valuable internal climbers. And these grants can be further magnified, structured as a mega grant. These traditional events of promotion and joining a new company are are really only opportunities, are the only opportunities to obtain substantial increases in compensation and eventual wealth. I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to ask for the moon at these times since it's difficult to move pay levels once in a position. You talked about the internal climber as opposed to, let's say, the job hopper, but when and how does a successful internal climber have an opportunity to increase their compensation and eventual wealth? Promotion is really the only time to fix any legacy annual pay shortfalls and to be treated as if they're kind of a new hire, even though they're only being promoted. To 
To prepare to maximize compensation growth with promotion, you should be doing an annual self-assessment of your pay position within the company's ranges as well as the external market. Most companies will provide the specific pay ranges for your position and maybe the next if you are up for promotion. Market value can be obtained by discussions with recruiters, asking for survey data from your employer, or using an outside consultant like myself. The assessment should cover annual pay as well as new hire cash bonuses and equity grants that you, you might receive if you were to change companies. If there is a shortfall in annual compensation, it should be addressed as soon as possible since the gap will only expand over time. When asking for a market adjustment in pay at the time of promotion, make sure you really include that shortfall from the new position, not from your just your current position. You really don't want to be always one step behind. Use your knowledge of the ranges and how the incentive programs work at your company to suggest creative ways to bridge the gap. Promotion is also the time to suggest a special retention grant equivalent to an additional new hire grant for the position. Why should you miss out on a wealth building, um, wealth building because you're being loyal and not jumping companies. Don't be shy about talking about how valuable you are to the company and how you deserve every dime. Men do it all the time. Linda, you do see oftentimes women do find themselves a step behind when it comes to building their wealth. Um, for you, the listener, um, we're, we're talking with Linda Steffen of M3X Analytics on the topic of w- executive women's wealth building through compensation, paths and obstacles, strategies and tactics. So uh, let's turn our attention. You've mentioned previously the idea of a job hopper. So how does a job hopper maximize their compensation and future wealth? To, to maximize pay at the new company, if the, the person is moving, moving companies, which is the job hopping, the most important negotiations are for your relative position as well as your perceived value to the company. You need to be offered the position you're targeting. You must resist promises of promotion down the road and certainly do not convince yourself of prove myself on, the, on you know, my greatness on the job and they will promote me to the position I really want. It really never happens. Once you, your relative placement in the organization and external market for your talent is solidified, the bulk of the, of the compensation negotiations is done without even mentioning money. It is critical not to discuss your compensation during the role negotiations. But, you know, in fact, in most cases, they will ask you your pay and expectations on the very first call from the recruiter. Disclosing your pay at that time or any time during the role negotiation can only hurt you. It would be giving up your reservation price. It could perpetuate lower pay levels, and it is irrelevant since you should receive equitable pay for the role within the new company. That is why 20 states have banned providing salary histories to prospective employers. Once you have nailed a position, you're ready to negotiate annual pay and sign-on arrangements. Let them make the offer for a specific position and provide the, the full terms. Do not negotiate partial offers or, or each component in isolation since it gives the advantage to the company. I've seen where the company negotiates um, the deal by component in isolation, where the, the candidate battles over the $50,000 in base salary for days and the company finally gives them the win. 
Then comes the equity negotiation, where the battle is over a million dollars. The candidate feels obligated to concede since they have won the salary battle. So, again, you know, you really need to pick your battles and, and see it in the entire framework. Most importantly, be prepared with specific market data for the position and know your market value before the offer even arrives. So what we're really talking about here is the brass tacks when it comes to negotiation. And you have talked in the past about make sure that you uh, land the role first, make sure that you're very clear in terms of your value in landing that role here we're talking about brass tax negotiation and the timing when it comes to negotiation. So once the full offer arrives and an executive has a position that's very crystal clear, what is negotiable? Is there an order in which to consider the components of the offer? For each element of the new hire compensation package, there are varying degrees of negotiability. And you start with annual pay, including base salary, bonus target, and annual equity grants. Most companies have ranges for base salaries and annual equity grants, and the candidate has some ability to negotiate the values. Bonus target percentages of base salary are usually fixed by the level in which the job falls and are not negotiable unless you renegotiate the role. Bonus and equity design, including leverage and goals, are generally, are, 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 are generally not negotiable unless you are the, the CEO, uh, if you're going for the CEO position. To properly negotiate annual compensation, you need to know where each element and total offer fall relative to internal ranges, other executives at the company, and most importantly, the external market for your talent. You will, of course, be told the offer and the supporting ranges are market-based, but this is, this is um, where you must independently verify. I would not be surprised if most executive pay structures are outdated. From my client experiences and my database of recent employment contracts, I have seen deals for new hire annual constipation blast above ranges at the new company. Also observing new hire pay levels as a percentage of CEO pay levels rise significantly, indicating the existing internal ranges are not offered enough for those new hires. If you are the first new hire in the executive team in the last few years, the new market reality may be shocking to the company. It may require the company to go outside of the ranges or quickly reassess existing ranges. You need to be prepared to educate the company concerning the changing um, market for talent. So, Linda, data is your wheelhouse, especially when it comes to compensation uh, data. So for you, the listener, if you don't have a handle on the data when you're getting to the negotiation table, you are you have one, if not both, arms tied behind your back. So somebody like uh, Linda Steffen of M3X Analytics can pull that data and give you the tools that you would need for this point for the negotiation. So Linda, let's talk about signing bonuses and grants. So what about them? Well, additional cash or equity grants at the time of hire are very common and are also on the rise in terms of the dollar amount. Signing bonuses and equity grants are usually thought of or expressed as a multiple of, annual, of the annual elements and are therefore negotiated after annual comp- compensation elements are set. Signing bonuses and equity grants are very common and highly negotiable. I did a study of 75 CFO new hires in 2021. 
um, that disclose their complete package in sufficient detail. 81% of the companies offer additional sign-on compensation with a median value of 40% of total annual compensation. And that total compensation, total annual compensation is base salary, bonus, and equity. So 40% is a very large amount. In, in some cases, a sign-on equity, you know, sign equity grant can be combined with future annual grants as a mega grant. With an upward-moving stock price, a mega grant can provide enormous wealth building. There are plenty of examples to support large sign-ons and even mega grants for executives. You really just need to identify a few that resonate with the company or the board. As we come down the home stretch of this uh, episode and Part B in particular, do you have any additional thoughts for women and wealth building? Well, I, I kind of just want to sum it up. It's you know, always be prepared to discuss the value you create and your current market value. You know, it is it's really your most important elevator speech to reach wealth accumulation. Having that knowledge and being prepared and knowing your worth and being confident in your worth, probably the, the best way to achieve your goals. Linda, this is great. Um, many of our clients in our own practice find that they are always looking for guidance and direction when it comes to their personal financial planning, their overall wealth building. And this has been very powerful a conversation to approach this from the perspective of an executive, in particular women who are rising in the ranks either by growing from within or job hopping as a means of accumulating or accelerating their wealth. So, Linda, thank you so much. We know that this topic is very relevant and our listeners will find it very useful. So, for you, the listener, um, again, we'd like to thank you for joining us for today's episode on the topic of executive women's wealth building through compensation, paths, obstacles, strategies, and tactics. So, Linda, once again, thank you so much for being our guest and uh, bringing so much of your expertise to light. You're welcome, and thank you for inviting me. Thank you, Linda. The likelihood of various investment outcomes is hypothetical. Discussion of these possible outcomes do not represent actual investment results. All investment strategies have the potential for profit or loss. Changes in investment strategies, contributions, or withdrawals may materially alter the performance and results of a portfolio. Different types of investments involve varying degrees of risk, and there can be no assurance that any specific investment will be suitable or profitable for a client's investment portfolio. Nothing provided herein constitutes tax advice. Individuals should seek the advice of their own tax advisor for specific information regarding tax consequences of investments. This discussion may contain forward-looking statements relating to the objectives, opportunities, and the future performance of the U.S. market generally. Forward-looking statements may be identified by the use of such words believe, expect, anticipate, should, planned, estimated, potential, and other similar terms. Example of forward-looking statements include but are not limited to estimates with respect to financial condition, results of operations, and success or lack of success of any particular investment strategy. All are subject to various factors included but are not limited to general and local economic conditions, changing levels of competition within certain industries and markets, changes in interest rates, changes in legislation or regulation, and other economic, competitive, governmental, regulatory, and technological factors affecting a portfolio's operations that could cause actual results to differ materially from projected results. Such statements are forward-looking in nature and involve a number of known and unknown risks uncertainties, and other factors. And accordingly, actual results may differ materially from those reflected or contemplated in any forward-looking statements. Prospective investors are cautioned not to place undue reliance on any forward-looking statements or examples. None of SFG, Investment Advisors, Inc., or any of its affiliates or principals, nor any other individual or entity assumes any obligation to update any forward-looking statements as a result of new information, subsequent events, or any other circumstances. All statements made herein speak only as of the date that they were made. SFG, Investment Advisors, Inc., is an investment advisor in Doylestown, PA. SFG Investment Advisors, Inc. is registered with the Securities and Exchange Commission, SEC.
Registration of an investment advisor does not imply any specific level of skill or training and does not constitute an endorsement of the firm by the commission. SFG Investment Advisors, Inc. only transacts business in states in which it is properly registered or excluded or exempted from registration. A copy of SFG Investment Advisors, Inc.'s current written disclosure brochure filed with the SEC, which discusses, among other things, SFG Investment Advisors, Inc. business practices, services, and fees is available through the SEC's website at www.advisorinfo.sec.gov.